no kidding. Oh, God. The uh, music was playing on that. Hey, 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 hey. Simon, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, it's time for contemplation. (laughs) (laughs) That is your best one yet. Thank you, Uh, Thanks for bringing it today, buddy. (laughs) That's this Joe you got for me here. (laughs) So, welcome to our mailbag episode. Um, Simon, I feel like we we should confess something now. Yeah, uh, sure. When we initially concocted the idea of doing a mailbag episode, which is by no means a novel idea, it's very common on on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were pretty committed to each of us having to make up. All uh, questions from made-up people. Mm-hmm. We were committed to that bit. Yes. And in spite of those expectations, defying those expectations, we actually got real questions from people. Yeah. Some of whom we don't know, uh, most remarkably of all, from mm-hmm. people we don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I don't know, humbled, <laughs> impressed, excited... Yeah. Grateful? Extremely grateful. Extremely would be my, grateful. My yes. biggest emotion. <laughs> we are very grateful. Thank you for sending your questions. We cannot wait to get to them. It makes doing these infinitely easier than um, trying to come up with things to talk to each other about. I mean, we go to five Nets games a week at this point, so the amount we have to say to one another about the Nets is wearing thin. (laughs) So, um, your questions help rejuve things in a major, major way. So, that said, our first question of the cast. You ready to just go straight into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. This one is from Bella420. Okay. Okay. Uh, it says, I am... I'm familiar with her, but... <laughs> I am dying to know if you think the current net squad would have a better or worse record this season with a different on-court coach. Mm. And, if you care to expand, who you would pick for the job, parentheses, I'm not available, so I guess your second choice. Right. I would love to have Bella 420 out there. <laughs> Me too. Doing X's and O's. He or she is an X's and O's <laughs> I think Bella, wizard. you can assume. You know what? This day and age. Yeah, son. I know. That's true. Um, all right. You want to uh, you want to start this one off? I have some notes too. Sure. Yeah, I can start. I would say the answer is yes. Uh, I do think that with another coach designing inbounds plays, doing calling plays out of timeouts, figuring out rotations, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I I think there's no doubt we could we could squeeze out a, a few more wins. I don't think honestly it would make that big a difference if I'm being totally real with you. Uh, I do think most of the Nets' problems come down to personnel, but I do think it would help. And my pick. Though he's not exactly available. Although he has been, you know, fired and, and pushed out from places, is Mike Dan Tony. <laughs> uh, I think he is the king of the X's and O's. And I do also think that the biggest reason, and this is coming off watching that Grizzlies game, Bill, uh, the biggest reason would be that he is an expert out of bounds and out of timeout play, uh, play drawer upper. Yeah. 
you have hit on all of the points <laughs> I wanted to make. <laughs> so sorry. I that no, that's that's fine. I think that they are they are the points that need to be made. Um, the glue guys recent episode discussed at length why they thought it was ludicrous to mm-hmm. criticize Kenny Atkinson at this point, blaming it entirely on personnel. But I think as evidenced, as you just pointed out, in games like the Grizzlies, when, for instance, there's 33 seconds left in a game, the Nets are up by seven, and we lose, Mm -hmm. on the backs of trying to write up an inbounds play, we have time because they're reviewing the call before it, so we have time to write up the play. Kenny Atkinson writes up something that gets us a five-second violation. Now, I have scoured the internet trying to find stats on teams that are bad at at inbounding, um, and I couldn't find them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they exist, but like Cleaning I, the glass right, premium you would, you membership need, or something. Right. You would need <laughs> a, a subscription to Second Spectrum that I don't think this podcast at this point can afford. Maybe with a few more of your iTunes reviews, we can. Um, <laughs> but... No promises on that. But. Right. But that game, the, the game, it, it, like, games like that are such prime examples of why... Uh, it's important to have a coach who can draw up not even Brad Stevens level. Oh my God! How did they get a open layup in Game Seven of a series with five seconds left in the game, which is remarkable? We don't need a magician. We need a guy who can figure out how to write a play where the Nets can get the ball into play yes. so that we're not immediately taken out of yes. the game. Um, and so to say that it's entirely personnel. Uh, is I I can't say demonstrably because I don't know like how bad the Hawks are at inbounds or how bad maybe slightly less talented teams than us are. But I have never seen NBA teams struggle like we do to get the ball inbounds, and that is a coaching thing, and that is drawing up appropriate plays to inbounds the ball. Um. Also, you mentioned the rotation. Um. One thing that has been talked about recently by Lichtenstein and others is D'Lo needing to get involved early to have a big game, to have a meaningful game. If he's hot early, it tends to uh, foreshadow a a better game for him. In the Grizzlies game, once again, he had eight or nine points in the first five or six minutes and was the first player taken out of the game. Um Kenny, we've often lamented, has almost no feel for the rhythm of the game. If something is happening that in any way conflicts with his preconceived idea of how the game should play out, how the rotation should play out, uh, reality gets superseded by his preconceived plan, and he does whatever he wants to do in terms of rotation, um, which is a problem as well. So, yeah, I think going forward, we've talked about it. We need to get a coach in there who... um, Right, you know, right now is okay because he's a good development guy, and he gets guys like Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and blah blah blah, and they're better than they than they they should be. And you would argue D'Angelo and D'Angelo, um, so he's good at developing guys, and that should definitely be a part of our system. But I don't know that once we actually have a good team that we want to win, we can have Kenny Atkinson calling, uh, drawing up these plays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's just a longer reiteration of the exact points. That you're <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I think I, I do. Th- it, you're, you're, you agree? It's unfair to say that no blame can be ascribed to Kenny Atkinson. Yes, Kenny stinks. <laughs> All right, thank you, Bella four twenty. Next question is from CME Hustle. Yes, thank you, CME Hustle. Uh, another good question. This one came through Gmail. You can hit us up at maybe next time at gmail.com. Yeah. All right, to tank or not to tank? That is the question. Obviously, that's the only question that should matter to us Nets fans. That being said, I don't think we get high enough to get one of the Duke trio. Have you guys been keeping an eye on college basketball? Who are the players you may have seen in the 6-12 to 12 range, which is probably where we will end up landing? Nasir Little, Romeo Langford, those wing scores are the types I've been watching as I feel that is our greatest need. What you guys think? Um... I'm just going to – I'll let you take this one uh, to start. But I just want to mention that currently, without quote-unquote tanking, the Nets are fifth worst team. We have the fifth worst team in the NBA, uh, fifth worst record in the NBA. Um, we have lost six straight games. We are two and eight in our last ten games. So whether we are trying to tank or not – we are proving that we can make tanking look very, very easy. Yeah, as, as Steve Lichtenstein tweeted to us, just like the last two years, they're not tanking, it just looks like it. <laughs> right. Um, so at this oh, point, with, with fifth, we have a 9.8, so nearly 10% chance of getting the first pick and a 39.9% chance of getting a top four pick. So a 40% chance. So while it's perhaps um, pointless to speculate on, on whether we're going to get Zion Williamson, it's not out of the – like if we remain where we are now, it's not out of the question that we could get them. Uh, also, one other caveat that I'd like to mention before I relinquish this <laughs> stupid mic uh, is Simon and I do not watch a lot of college basketball. Correct. Um, and though there is a presumption that we should know something since we are the ones speaking into these microphones, um, I think that that is an unsafe presumption, particularly when it comes to college basketball. That said, we'll try to answer the question. Yeah, that said, love, love the question. And also, uh, to, uh, this gentleman's credit, uh, it was written like, you know, a week or two ago. We hit, we have lost... I mean, every game we've played since then, but yes. maybe two, three we have games slid, or I think we were eighth when it came in, and now we're fifth worst yeah. in the league. So, um, you know, I, I – yeah. So anyway, um, but uh, – so I will say in that range of the of the 6 to 12 and, and maybe pushing into the, the 4 to 10 or whatever range of – I just looked at Tankathon because I think you can go mad looking at every mock draft. But um, – of of those folks, I would say Bol Bol is my uh, hottest uh, hottest to trottest guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's seven foot two. As we discovered the other day, he shoots fifty three percent from the um, three point or fifty three percent from the three point line. Un- unbelievable, seventy five percent from uh, free throw line. 
He is – I don't have his numbers right up uh, right now, but it doesn't really matter. The point is he's averaging more than 20 points, like 11 rebounds or something. Like he's just – he's filling up the box score. Uh, I think, and I am an expert scouter, uh, <laughs> I think that he could play alongside uh, Jared Allen as our four or whatever. He's only 220 pounds, so he's not super bulky. Uh-huh. In fact, it, it, that makes me think he's, like, underweight right. uh, in a pretty big way. Um, um, so, <clears throat> But if he can shoot a three-pointer, which it would project that he could... Uh, um, you know, I think he could he could certainly play alongside Jarrett. And even if he couldn't, like, we don't have any bigs. <laughs> like, we have Jarrett right. as our only long-term big. Yep. We have used-to-be power forward, like, two years ago, Ed Davis. And that's it. Um, so some size would be great. Um of the two, uh, of the of the wings that uh, were brought up... Can I say something about Bulbul? Bull yeah, quick? yeah. Oh, sure. So... I get yeah. I, I too am a, an a, accomplished scout of these guys, but the <laughs> things the things that I've heard offensively, he sounds like he would be incredible. Right. Yeah, uh, he can stretch the floor for us. He can, uh, you know, beat people inside with just his sheer length. He has mm-hmm. a seven foot eight wingspan. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone any any casual listener will know, we're big fans of wingspans around here. Big time. Big time. <laughs> Each of us collectively having not even close to a seven foot <laughs> uh, wingspan. If you combine us, yeah. Uh, um, the thing that I've heard about him, in spite of being a good shot blocker, mm-hmm. is that he is like a historically bad, according to um, the guy at the Athletic, Sam Amick or mm-hmm. whatever, um, like a historically bad uh, space defender. So he can't defend the pick and roll at all. Mm. And as soon as teams, because in college you play a lot of zone, but whenever they've they've played man, he's he's just um, miserable at that. Hmm. I've heard and has really bad reactions and really really yeah. It's it's just not good. no defensive instincts. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, he's so tantalizing yeah. as uh, as I as they were grossly referring to him on the podcast I was listening as a specimen a physical specimen yeah it, but no but like yeah. yeah he's super he's a crazy freakishly tall uh, long guy who can play really good offensive basketball put him on the court maybe coach Kenny will develop him into a superstar yeah so bill uh, uh if you like wingspan let me bring up a young man mentioned in this question uh Nasir little oh he is six foot six his wingspan Seven foot one. Ooh, hello. <laughs> he is two hundred fifteen pounds. Just a a perfect like small forward wing. You know, guy could play the two, could play the three. Uh, he looks in his high school mixtape like he's already like an NBA like physically developed uh, dude. Yeah. Um. Whereas you see a lot of these folks, and you're like, like Jared Allen, for example, just looked like a string bean. Yeah. He looks like an NBA player in terms of his, his physique. Uh, he, um, good defender, good, you know, I, 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 I love the guy. I'll let people look him up on their own here because it would just be me reading stats. But to me, he is a very tantalizing uh, uh, player. We do not have a three, a long-term three. We have a Joe Harris, I guess, yep. who's big, more of a two, I think you would agree. 
uh, and nowhere near as athletic as Nasir Little. But basically, I think the top five picks are better than virtually everyone on our team right now. Um, the one thing about Nasir Little, yeah. uh, haven't watched him play, mm-hmm. don't know that much about him. Mm-hmm. I read that he is still not starting on UNC. Mm. Um, and to me, that's a bit of a red flag. Troubling, Yeah, it's troubling just because, especially with guys with tons of potential, tons of promise, those guys tend to go, they're one and done. People look at their, you know, seven foot one wingspan, their freakish athleticism, stuff like that. But if they're not even able to prove on the college level that they're just like demonstrably so much better than everyone on the team that they have to start, mm-hmm. it, it, makes me a little bit skeptical that he's going to be able to do that at the NBA level. Again, don't know enough to say any more than that. Right. Can I give you something that might assuage your fears? Sure. Per 36 numbers, he's averaging 21.6 points per game. Um, per actual numbers, he's averaging 11.8, which gets to your point about not getting... He was only playing about 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> both of these players do not shoot the three very well, although this guy shoots it better... Uh, Nasir shoots it better at, at 28 Then Romeo? Romeo is a horrible three-point shooter, which is not great for a shooting guard, uh, admittedly. Here's what I love um, about Romeo. He has an incredible free throw rate. He's averaging almost eight free throws per game. Okay. That I very much like. And if you look at his, again, high school mixtape, uh, which we know there are caveats about reading too much into them, but allow me to read into them uh, a bit. He looks like he just ferociously attacks the rim. Like, he, he's trying to dunk every single time he comes at the rim, uh, which I very, very much like. So basically, either of these two players I would love to have. Great spotting. Um, I forget the gentleman's name. Uh, uh, CME Hustle. CME Hustle. Great spotting. Would love both of these players. All right. Uh, I will be very brief in my comments. Um, I know the Duke trio is out of it for the purpose of this question, but I would say of the three, I could see Cam Reddish because he's sort of playing the third guy on this team, perhaps dropping a little into that range, and he would be perfect for our team. He's the best shooter of the three. He's six foot nine, um, and he's a guy who has played point guard most of his life, so has handles and can attack and create his own offense, is like Karis LeVert. Is he like or, a small forward? Uh, he's, he'd be like a small. He'd be like a wing. Yeah. Um, and the other guy that I liked looking through the list of, of guys is DeAndre Hunter. Mm. Did you see him? No. All right, let me read some some uh, things about him. He's a six foot eight guy with a seven foot two wingspan. He can play the three to five. Is a career thirty nine point seven percent from three, and he shoots seventy six percent from free throw. So that means that those numbers are probably real if he can actually shoot free throws. Um, so he's he could be he's big enough to be a stretch four. Uh, he plays at Virginia. I want him. I need him. Let's get him. All right. Cool. Another uh, Virginia grad for, <laughs> oh, right. uh, to join uh, attendee. Joe. Yeah. They're the Minutemen, right? Yeah, the Volunteers? Mm-hmm. No, Volunteer. that's Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, sure, Minutemen. I have no idea. I don't know either. I don't think they're the Minutemen. Uh, all right, so thank you for the question. Yeah, thank you hustle. very much. Uh, send more anytime. Um, this one is from Brooklyn Ball. For anyone who is on, on Nets Twitter, Brooklyn Ball is a great follow. He comments throughout most games, comments on games. It's a funny, fresh approach to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. 
All right, so he's coming at us with a pair of questions. Number one, how many players in the current Nets roster is Karis LeVert still better than even with one leg? And number two, what would the point spread be if the Brooklyn Nets played the Long Island Nets? Um, first one... I think Karis LeVert is probably better than two of the net starters with one leg, Jared Dudley and Alan Crabb, mm-hmm. um, which I guess would mean that he's probably better than the entire bench. <laughs> yeah, I, and I would also, I mean, you could, yeah. I, I, I would also say that if you're talking one-on-one, I think he could probably beat Joe Harris. I don't think, I think Joe Harris needs a screen before he's able to drive to the hoop. I don't think in terms of his ability to create on his own, that Karis LeVert would have too much trouble on one leg containing Joe Harris. All right. So the second question, I think, actually gets at something um, more interesting. And, act, like, I know it's a joke, but I think it's kind of real to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was trying to determine my odds, I obviously want to know if it was at home in Barclays, where the roaring crowd would uh, certainly give us an advantage, or in not Nassau, where the seven to eight people who show up. I would love to go to a, a, a Long Island Nets game. Um, anyway, he says it's going to be in Long Island. Okay. But what I did for this question, probably taking it way more seriously than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this where most of your pages of notes come this from? This is where some of my pages and pages of notes come from. I looked at it position by position in starters, in the starters. All right? So there are five starters, obviously. I looked position by position, and what I came up with was I would say that Long Island Nets have two starters who are clearly better than the Nets and one that is a that's a draw. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through those for you. At the one, they're starting Musha. We have D'Lo. I think the advantage, in spite of my love for uh, the Bosnian bucket getter, is going to go to D'Lo. So one for the Nets. At two, it's Theo Pinson versus Alan Crabb. I would take Pinson in a heartbeat. He's a better defender. He's shooting really well from three, something you cannot say for Alan Crabb. Uh, so they've got us there. At the three, it's Mitch Creek versus Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. Joe Harris Gotta obviously Joe wins Harris, that. Yeah. Uh, at four, it's Rodion's versus Dudley. Ooh. Or Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. And I would take Kuduts in a heartbeat <laughs> over either of those guys. Genuinely. I genuinely would rather start Kuduts over either of those guys. So now we're at 2-2. And then for the center, you would think Jared Allen's going to beat the crap up. But they've got Allen Hot Sauce Williams, who last week was the G League Player of the Week. Did yeah, you hear about I that? Yeah, I did see that. He's, He's averaging close to 20 rebounds a game, almost 20 points a game. He is an absolute monster. He was just injured last year, which is why he fell off the team. He should be playing with the Nets. He is really, really good. And he does things that Jared Allen doesn't do. So while Jared is probably a better shot blocker and a better monster dunker, uh, Hot Sauce, I think, is a much better rebounder. For sure. Um, and probably low post player, like as scorer. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a bold... He gets a lot of points per 36. Yeah, but he's playing in Long yeah, Island. Yeah, he is playing in Long Island, yeah. So anyway, I would say that were I to make odds for this, I wouldn't give the Nets... I, at the, at the bench is where we would get... Where we would win that game, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, the the uh, Long Island Nets have a guy from UNM on the team. 
Oh, a really? Drew Gooden or Gordon or something like Yikes. that? Yikes. Yeah. So anyway, I think our bench would give us maybe a two, three-point advantage. <laughs> uh, but the spread would be much tighter than I think we'd like to admit, especially if it's the starting five. Here's what I think it might come down to, Bill. Crunch time. Who Ooh. can draw up the better, uh, you know, plays when you're... Uh, right. And who's that coach that they have there? I don't know. I don't. I make a habit of not <laughs> paying any attention to the uh, G League. All right. Well, thank you for the question. And that was, again, from Brooklyn Ball. If you're a, a Nets fan, you're going to want to follow Brooklyn Ball underscore on Twitter. Next question from a longtime listener, often question submitter, friend of the cast and friend IRL, Lipsanity. Lipsanity. Great to hear from you, my friend. <laughs> he begins his question, uh, as he often does with um, a lot of commentary, and this <laughs> time in the form of a prediction, which is that the Nets will be- beat the Celtics once this year. And he will not answer our calls for several days after that. Mm. Do you think the Nets have a chance of beating the Celtics? Well, again, I want to give Lipsanity some some um, defense here, which is that this was written well before uh, the, the uh, avalanche of losses. Yes, the collapse of the Nets. So, no, I do not think that the Celtics will beat us, but I could see thinking that when this question was written. Yeah, no, it, it did seem plausible. Uh, the, the Celtics are uh, not having the best season, mm-hmm. and the Nets were having a better-than-expected season when this was written. Times have very much changed. Yes. So his question, first question, is name your Thanksgiving meal starting five, your favorites, and then the net you associate with each dish and why. The example being, with the Lakers, turkey equals LeBron, who is the main event. Mm -hmm. So, I've got five dishes, you've got five dishes, and a player. Let's just switch off. One, 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 one. Okay. You go first. All right. Numero uno. Jared Dudley is cranberry sauce. (laughs) Uh, I don't really like it, but you just sort of... You, you need it in a traditional Thanksgiving meal. It's a staple, um, whether you like it or not. Uh, the Nets, similarly, under Kenny Atkinson, need a stretch four. He, as we have talked about, really inexplicably has quite a good plus-minus for a Nets player. He Somehow that just under Kenny's system or whatever sort of thing happens, uh, you know, he... he uh, he looks good when the dust settles. So it looks better than <laughs> on pa- his actual He looks stats. better on paper-ish. I mean, not his counting numbers, but his plus-minus. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. My first one is gravy. And that <laughs> gravy is, is not a dish. That's a dish for me, buddy. Uh, <laughs> my first dish is gravy, and it is D'Angelo Russell, because I want it on everything. <laughs> Just like I want D'Lo on everything. I want him driving to the bucket. I want him shooting threes. I want him dishing assists, and I want, I want him... Ripping boards. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's, okay. That's dish number one, gravy. Great. Great. <laughs> okay. Uh, my dish number two is stuffing. And stuffing is D'Angelo Russell for me. And here's why. Because stuffing, I think, can can be my very favorite part of the whole Thanksgiving. Um, it, it just can be spectacular. But... 
A lot of variations in stuffing. Some can be quite dry and flavorless. Some can have, like, bits of, like, or chunks of sausage in it, which I find actually quite gross. Um, a lot of variation can be bad, just like D'Angelo Russell can be quite bad. Uh, my second one was stuffing as well, mm. uh, which I'd put some gravy, my first dish, on top of. Mm. Sure. Uh, so stuffing for me is Jared Allen because he stuffs people. Ah, uh, yeah, right. blocks it. Got it. Also, stuffing is probably my favorite part of Thanksgiving, and I think Jared might be my favorite part of the Nets. Yeah. Um, I'd say that seems good, except when you. <laughs> clearly love D'Angelo Russell more uh, than yeah, God. I, mean, so. <laughs> I have a thing with D'Lo, but I'm trying to wean myself off of that. What's your third? My, <laughs> my third is mashed potatoes and gravy, which is Jared Allen. Uh, you know, it's a very consistent, uh, you know, always, always good. Um, sometimes, my, sometimes my favorite part of a, of a Thanksgiving meal uh and um yeah i would just say it's 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 maybe he's maybe our most consistent start yeah well i also had mashed potatoes um without gravy just mashed potatoes cuz as we've discussed gravy is everything right um so my mashed potatoes you know mashed potatoes they're good they're always a solid option no one dislikes them it's very hard to fuck up a mashed potato mm-hmm. um joe harris just a solid guy, you know. He's mm. he's he's gonna he's gonna deliver exactly what you want each and every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's my he's my tater. Got it. So mine, and this is a this is probably more detail on turkey than really. Mine is Joe Harris turkey. Oh, uh, because I think that turkey, like you said, is basically the same always, but. It can be, as we've discussed on previous episodes, if you manage to deep fry it or otherwise make it very moist, or at least more moist than your average turkey, it can be excellent. I I love a good moist turkey. The problem (laughs) is a dry turkey, and I think more often than not, it's a dry turkey. Uh, And uh, Joe Harris has been in kind of a bit of a slump, hasn't really been noticeable you know, and I think that's how generally t- the turkey part of Thanksgiving. It's like fine, but he's um, like a dry turkey to you most of the time, at least lately. But right. when he's hot, whoo, he's a moist turkey. Yeah, like a turkey leg with that brown meat, dark meat. That's your own brown take meat. on yeah. That's your own take on turkey. I do not like uh, dark meat turkey. Uh, personally. Really? Yeah, huh. I, I I find it just a weird. Yeah, I don't I don't like the taste as much. All right, well. <laughs> We'll explore that in another episode. Yeah, for sure. There's yeah, there's not enough time on no, this. No, there certainly is not. Um, so I don't have turkey, as you know, Simon. At my Thanksgivings, what I have is turducken. Okay. Uh, so it's a little something of everything, which is, in my mind, quite a bit like superstar aging wing Damare Carroll. Ah. He can score. He can rebound. He can defend. Okay. He's got a little bit of turkey, a little bit of duck, a little bit of chicken. Mm. Okay. You're up. Who who do I have left? I have no you idea. You have a fifth dish uh, and um, player. Oh, right. I guess it would be, uh, right, it would have to be like Alan Crabb or Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, let's say gr- cr- uh, um, green bean casserole. Uh, I don't like it. And oh, I love it. Oh, really? I mean, if it's disgusting if enough, If it's cheesy yeah. and whatever, yeah, yeah, or that's fine. Or, like, if there's a lot of the cream of whatever soup in it. Here's what we'll do. Why don't we make it 
sweet potato casserole. Okay. The sweet potato with the uh, marshmallow on top. Yeah. You might think, hey, I don't like sweet potatoes, which I definitely do not. I hate sweet potatoes. But with marshmallows on top, maybe it'll be good. No, it's still terrible. It's awful. It's just like Alan Crabb. Every time, you, like this year, the, the hype around him was like, maybe he'll... He'll carry on his his hot shooting from after the All Star break. He'll he'll hit the ground running. No, he's still sweet potatoes. Get him off the team. Figure out some way out of that contract. And uh, yeah. Okay, you're a bastard. So my final one, Simon. I'm just gonna read it verbatim okay. because it's hilarious that you just came up with that. Really? Sweet potatoes. <laughs> You have to have something you don't like at your meal, otherwise you'll overeat. Sweet potatoes are gross, just like Alan Crabb. I don't want either, they suck. <laughs> that was my notes for this section, which I think <laughs> you got to through a sort of stream of consciousness there, but it takes you to the same place. If yeah. you think sweet potatoes, you think awful, and you think Alan Crabb. But we had a real mind meld. <laughs> we though. really did, my word. Um, all right, next Question for him, quick one, perhaps the most important question. Your preferred form of cranberry sauce. You've already admitted to not caring for it much, but let's say there's a preferred form for you. Do you like whole berry, strained, or from a can? I, Simon, I'm 100% from a can. It's just better. Mm. Like uh, D'Angelo Russell is just better than Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, My preferred is also canned, honestly. Um, I, I I find that consistency the the most pleasant of uh, the forms. I guess I've only I don't really know what strained is, but it's, uh, to me it's Didn't like Hillary make a strained one this time. Oh, maybe that was strained. I know maybe I don't understand what a strained. I don't fully is. I don't fully grasp what a strained one is either. Final final uh, sign off for Lip Sanity. He says also tell quote allergy <laughs> troll McCormick to stock up on Puffs Plus. Hay fever karma is coming for him in a big way soon. I would just like to clarify on that. Uh, Simon thinks that allergies are real not because he's never had the sniffoos, but because he has 24-7-365 running nose. So anyone who complains of having periodic ones is a liar stricken with wussitis? Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, that's right. And a big-time loser. <laughs> Thank you, Lip Sanity. We yeah, thank always you so love much. the questions. Keep them coming, baby. And the last one is from a writer who identifies as Lip Nasty. Uh, 505. Okay. So, first question from him or her. It's a her. Uh, you are invited to a Nets-themed holiday party and must bring a Nets-themed dish named accordingly. Example, chest nets roasting on an open fire. Yeah. What will you bring? Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. My uh, item that I bring is Alan Crabb's egg noggin. Uh <laughs> Uh, it is all of the usual ingredients in a, in a traditional eggnog. So, uh, you, you know, c- cream or half and half or whatever you use. Hazelnut. Uh, e- sure. Uh, sure. I, cinnamon. I, cinnamon. cinnamon um, nutmeg. Nutmeg. That's nutmeg. probably That's what I think you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then um, about a couple of tablespoons of bleach. 
which completely, of course, make it inedible and toxic. Uh, uh, I was thinking is, you would add crab to it, which would also be pretty disgusting. Right. I, the reason I add bleach <laughs> to my to my holiday cocktail is that you have a perfectly drinkable thing, and uh, you know, just like Alan Crab, you know, has the tools to be a good shooter. Was at least a decent, you know, good shooter for several years, but his goddamn mind, his <laughs> noggin, is bleached. It completely. Makes his it makes it impossible for him to be a good basketball player. He's a toxic, toxic uh, element on this team. All right. Well, I was thinking, Simon, wouldn't it be nice if we if we were ever invited to a holiday party again? Yes. Um, but you apparently will bleach the guests that we are so kindly invited to. Stay away from the eggnoggin. <laughs> so I would bring a to a holiday party a little thing called Spencer Dipwitty. Oh. And it would be a, I don't know, maybe a queso, or I would even be willing to countenance a spinach and artichoke Dipwitty. Okay. Uh, do you have a preference on that? Queso v. spinach e artichoke? Queso. Okay. Fair. I thought you were a huge fan of spinach and artichoke. I, I like it. it. I okay. like it. Okay. But I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Okay. What about hummus versus queso? Um, really, hummus depends yeah. a lot. I think, like, standard, regular hummus, I would prefer queso. I've had some spectacular hummus that, yeah. like, I think is better than standard queso, but it's a real variable. <laughs> yeah, thing. for sure, for sure. All right, so the Nets are offered roles in an ensemble movie, Love Actually kind of thing. Please give the elevator, pit, elevator pitch title uh, and title for said movie. If you need, it can star starters only. Um, I'll go first on this one. Great. So my movie would be called Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Dudley. Okay. Dudley. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it's the story of an aging, overweight basketball player who gets <laughs> fed up with pretending he can still compete at the highest level of basketball, forsakes the game he knows and loves, and becomes a mall Santa Claus. Oh, nice. Uh, never again will he be mocked by fans for missing wide open three after wide open three, but instead will while away his days uh, listening to children uh, ask for things on his lap. Right. Uh, don't, do you think that'd be funny? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, mine is called Cast a Wide Net. It stars um, Jared Allen as uh, a uh, him, basically, okay. uh, having um, just broken up with his longtime girlfriend. Right. Um, he's despondent. Um, doesn't really know what to do, and um, he, his uh, teammate um, D'Angelo Russell is like, "Hey, let's get you back out there. Let's, get, you know, you gotta stop, you know, being so weird and like just kind of, you know, here's what like women like. They like, you know, a, a flashy dresser. They like confidence. They like, you know, this and that. You know, your typical sort of like, uh, he's like the hitch uh, sort of. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. Guide. Will Smith. Right, exactly. Um, and and Jarrett tries these sorts of things, but he, he's just sort of uncomfortable doing it all. And then and then um, 
Ed Davis, who plays sort of like the the Morgan Freeman of of, of the film, is sort okay. of like, you know what, Jarrett, you know that sort of thing works for D'Angelo, but you got to just be yourself and and Big you time. know just embrace your Overwatch uh, playing sort of uh, you know socially um, awkward guy, uh, you know a persona. And, uh, you know, he, he ends up uh, meeting someone, a, a young woman, at, uh, at an Overwatch tournament, and they fall madly in love, <laughs> and they love each other for who they are, and uh, so you don't actually need to cast a wide net. Right. So, uh, <laughs> this segment brought to you by Overwatch. By Overwatch. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, that's great that you're able to tie in one of the hottest games on the market right now. At least, as yeah, hot in terms of every Jared Allen profile. Well, there haven't been that many, but the right. two profiles have included that he plays Overwatch. Oh, yeah, big fan of that game. All right, final question from Lip Nasty. Window display. You both get to design a window display for Macy's. They can be player, coach, memorable, play-centered, or whatever you want, even dream pick future of the Nets. Mm -hmm. Simon, what's your window display? My window display, Bill, is... uh is I don't know if you saw this photo, but it was it was the photo used in the Nets Daily recap um, of the Grizzlies game. It is Kenny Atkinson bent like almost completely like backwards like this, with this like <laughs> agonizing like no face. <laughs> and it I mean I wish we could you know I I wish folks could see it. If you just look at it's just the most. <laughs> Quintessential. Like, Kenny. It is exactly how every one of us felt in, in, in that game. Except you who was like counting the losses going on Tankathon. <laughs> uh, it was, yes. So, believe it or not, Kenny's anguish, or Kenny Atkinson, is, is the guy that's going to be the centerpiece of mine as well. Oh my. So, this is what it's going to look like. It's a little more holiday-related than just an anguished middle-aged man screaming in, into the void. Um, so it's going to begin. You walk across it on the far left side. It's going to have a sea of excited, expectant faces of little kids all over the world awaiting their Christmas Day gifts. And then as you proceed through the display, you'll be taken to Santa's factory. Uh, where in lieu of a jolly, white-bearded, red-faced Santa Claus, you are going to see an irate, red-faced man <laughs> named Kenny Atkinson. Oh, very nice. And then behind Kenny, sitting on a very long bench, will be 12 reindeers, all eagerly looking forward to being allowed the opportunity to go deliver their gifts, mm-hmm. but um, being denied that opportunity because Coach Santa Kenny is severely limiting all of their playing time. <laughs> <laughs> so then it, it, it concludes with a panel of an entire globe of children disappointed because none of the reindeer were given enough playing time to deliver the gifts. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So this was great. These questions were a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. 
keep them coming, folks. Where can people send it to us? Where can people find us? Where can people rate us, etc.? Yes, uh, send your questions in any real mode of these, but but maybe maybe the easiest might be uh, maybe next time at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at maybe next time. And uh, give us your five-star reviews on <laughs> iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts, get your Stitchers and whatnot. Um, please uh, review us, do that. Thank you so much, very, very much for all those questions. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Until then, we will see you next time. I was tired of my lady. Together too long, like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read.